back. Welcome back to Queen of the Movies podcast. I'm Ronika Jade. And I know it's been a while since I've put out a new episode. I think the last one was last month, like June 27th or something like that. It has been so crazy. I've been busy, work, kids, all of that adult stuff, I guess, when you're married and have kids. Um, Yeah, but I'm just going to jump right into it. I'm hoping I can get more episodes out more frequently, but my schedule is so unpredictable, and I'm about to start a new position at work, so I don't know how much time I'm going to have on my hands, but I'm going to try to get them out when I started, Um, but we'll see, Um, so just keep having patience with me, and I'm going to get them out, so um, this episode, we're going to be talking about Jordan Peele's Nope. I personally really like this film um, because of the three that he's made, I'm not counting Candyman because that is, I forgot the director, I think her name was like Nina Simone or something like that. Anyway, he, you know, produced it, he co-wrote it and stuff like that. I know that, but to me, Jordan Peele has three films, Get Out, Us, Nope. I love all three of them. I think Get Out is definitely my favorite. Um, But I really like this movie. So, like I said, I'm just going to jump right in. Um, So, the beginning credits, they show a black jockey on a horse, which is talked about by Kiki Palmer's character, Emerald, in the film. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert, I will be talking about just about everything in this movie. So if you haven't seen it, please go see it and make a decision for yourself. Um, And we'll get into like what other people, what I've heard and what I've read about what people thought about the film later on at the end. But um, anyway, so the fun fact, plate, plate 626 from Edward, Edward Moy Bridges animal locomotion was the first assembly of photographs used to create a motion picture. So this is what was referenced in the beginning. And I love in the, during the credits, it's like a, one of those really old uh, cameras that they use back in the day to take pictures or do like film. It's, it looks like a really old camera. We'll learn later on what that actually is, but I'll, I'll, I thought that was cool. Um, it also shows what we later find to be the eye of the... Oh, okay, yeah, that's what I was saying. Uh, what you'll find out what it is, what that shot is that looks like an old camera is at the... Um, was it like the climax of the movie, I guess? Um, but the movie starts with the Bible verse, Nanhum, Nanhum 3.6, and I will cast abomin- abominable filth upon thee and make thee vile, and will set thee as a spectacle. Right away, Jordan Peele is telling us what this movie is about in that quote alone, and he continues to talk about the theme the entire movie. So, like, I know I've heard a lot of people say, I didn't understand what this movie was about, it didn't make any sense. 
he told you what the movie was about at the beginning of the movie. And they say it multiple times within the film. And I have it here in my notes. So we're going to point out certain things that I, you know, saw in this movie. And also check out other podcasts that talk about this movie. Um, so just so you don't have like just my biased opinion or one person's opinion about this film. Um, I personally love Dead Meat. I know you've heard me talk about it uh, several times on my podcast. I love the Dead Meat podcast. James A. Janice and Chelsea are the best. They are the safe haven for horror movies, which is what they say in their Dead Meat podcast. But anyway, go check them out. They also He also had uh, does kill counts. She sometimes does it as well. But you should check them out on YouTube um, and check out their podcast wherever you listen to podcasts because it's everywhere. Um, so, like I said, talks about it throughout the movie. While the opening credits are going, you hear a monkey, which is kind of funny because Jordan Peele's production company is called Monkey Box. Uh-huh. Um, but you hear the monkey like going crazy after you hear this popping sound and you don't see anything. It's black the entire time. Like I said, it's while the open is during the opening credits. And then when it comes on, you just see a shoe standing upright. And I know I thought the same thing that everybody else thought. How is that shoe? How did that shoe land that way? That's weird. Or bad miracle, as they call it in the film later on. Uh, but after that, you'll also see Gordy just look because um, you, you're looking at Gordy from a third person's perspective or from your perspective and he looks at the camera which I thought was kind of kind of chilling so during this everybody's like what is up with this monkey like why is this even a thing and I know throughout the movie people's like I still don't understand what that monkey scene was about but we'll get into it it cuts to Daniel Kaluuya's character OJ which is kind of interesting name um and David Keith's character I love I, when I saw him, I was like, is that David Keith? It's like, oh my God, that is David Keith. That's crazy. Um, he's Otis Sr. Um, they're on a ranch. They own a, well, you'll find out later. So OJ is at like a carousel. It's not a carnival. It's four horses. Um, but he's on a white horse named Ghost. Um, Otis is talking to OJ about getting the horses ready and putting on a show. Again, a spectacle. But in this time, at this moment, they're talking about horses. They're talking about animals. Um, but they also talk about not selling any more horses. So you know they're in debt and whatever business they are in is riding on making sure they put on a show. So right there you know they've sold some horses you know that they're having money troubles which is why they're selling the horses and they need to put on a good performance for whatever reason so they can get their horses back and they so they don't have to sell any more horses and they'll be financially stable um so their last name is Haywood uh they train and handle horses for film and television production so context of their conversation in the uh during that whole scene. Um, 
you hear them talking about Emerald, OJ's sister, Otis Sr.'s daughter being there to help, but she's not she's not there. Because Otis is saying, like, where is Emerald? She said she was gonna help us. Where's she at? And OJ's like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. You know her. I don't know. Um all of a sudden, power goes out on the carousel, and then you can hear like faint screaming. Or actually, when I watched it, I've seen this movie probably like six times already. Uh, I've seen it a lot. But I think the last, was it the last time I watched it or like the time before? I don't know. But it took me a while. It's not actually screaming. That is horse neighs that you can hear in the clouds. It's like very faint and you have to like really be listening. I thought it was screams at first. It is the sound of a horse. Um, so Otis, he looks up. There will be a callback to this to see where the noise is coming from. And then all of a sudden metallic objects start falling from the sky. OJ sees it. Eventually he turns around, sees his dad, Otis Sr., slumped over and then falls off ghost. What is going on? I was like, what What just happened? And then next scene, they're in the car. He's trying to get his dad to tell him like, hey, list all the horses they conscious and then like in a it's very blur but you just see all his blood and all of a sudden you just see like a little squirt and I was like ew um <laughs> but um cuts to Otis is dead uh his eyes all gnarly it looks gross uh it, it looks nasty but Basically, what happened was a nickel went right into his eye. Um, people were saying, oh, it had to come from a plane. What plane do you know where people is just chucking crap out the window? Like, or that was there a plane that crashed? Like, what, how, how, how make it make sense that, okay. But whatever to, you know, like try and logically explain something which doesn't you know we all do it um side note by the way I'm not sure what year this takes place in uh OJ has a flip phone and it's not like a like a modern day like I mean obviously there are flip phones still now but like the way they are styled and just just the way like they talk certain dialogue I'm just like what year is this set in because and they don't ever like really say I don't know if it says it anywhere so if so let me know because I was convinced this was like also because they go to and later on they go to Fry's department store which I know hasn't been a thing for a while so I don't know um also there's an SNL skit that's referenced uh, the Scorpion King is referenced, and those all took place, like, one SNL skit took place, and, like, the, the skit they're talking about took place in, like, the 80s, I think, 80s or 90s, and then Scorpion King took place in the early 2000s, so I'm not really sure what year this is supposed to be uh, based in, but I, I, it might be modern day, and maybe uh, OJ is just, like, old school, I don't know, but anyway, because to six months later, OJ and M are at a job, which actually, M is not there. She is late. Um, OJ is waiting for her. 
You can tell he's super uncomfortable around people. No one's listening to him. He's trying to tell them, hey, please stop doing that. You know, the horse needs a break. They're like, no, I think the horse is fine. I'm pretty sure you hired him because he trains horses and he knows like when a horse is agitated and when it's not, maybe you should listen to him. But, you know, nobody wants to listen to him. People want to, people always think, oh, it's trained, so it's going to listen. No, that's not really how wild animals work. They may be domesticated, but they're still unpredictable. You know, you can't, like, you can't just expect a, a animal to respond the way a human responds and can understand English. Like, it takes years for training, blah, 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 blah. Anyway spectacle anyway whole point of this movie he's like screaming it in your face um emerald finally shows up for the safety meeting she talks about the first jockey to ever be put on camera was a haywood uh great 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 grandfather oh actually there's another great because that's the exact same way she heard her father practicing it uh so she just mimicked it but didn't realize, oh, well, that was my dad. So there's, it's not three greats, it's actually four because he was my dad's great, great, great grandfather. So technically he would be, there would be four greats in there. But anyway, um, then all, at the end of it, she starts promoting herself, um, talking about she can zing on the side. <laughs> um, and then she just walks away and OJ is just like, are you serious? But then he just starts getting like bombarded by people telling him what to do, uh, talking to him, asking him questions. And he's just like, uh, M, please, please come back. Please come back. I'm very uncomfortable. Please come back. And she's like, huh? Too busy talking to somebody, getting food. Um, and then there's like, um, it's not a reflector. I forgot what it's called, but it was a ball where it had like a mirror on one part of it and then which there's a callback to that and it's put in the horse's face and then lucky like back kicks and almost hits the actress who's standing right behind it which OJ does tell her or tell like it's three people behind the horse and OJ's like you you need to back up like and they don't listen and could have gotten hurt and of course they end up getting fired and they use a cutout horse instead of a real one. Again, trying to use a wild animal that, yes, is trained, but only if you listen to the trainer. You have to listen. Um, and it just makes you wonder like, about other animals used for film. How are they being treated? Um, Everyone starts acting like the horse is a human, stops listening to the animal handler, handler, and that's how people get hurt. They don't listen. They push animals to their beyond their limit to the point that they're like, oh, it's, it's trained, so it's going to listen. No, you have to listen to the person that trained it because they're going to know what gets the horse agitated, what they're ready for, what they're not ready for. But um, OJ and M... They go to Jupiter's claim because OJ has to sell Lucky to Jupiter. Um, OJ then makes a comment about buying the horses back. And then you can clearly tell that 
dupe's face. It's just like, oh, uh-huh, yeah, of course. Um, suspicious. I don't know how he didn't catch it. Maybe he was just too busy focusing on Emerald to notice, um, like, how Jupiter was acting or his face when he said, you know, I want to figure out a way I can get my horses back. He's just like, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, OJ, you know, is telling Jupiter about the job. He explains how Lucky lost focus, but he did too. So as you see, OJ takes accountability that he lost focus as well, but he can't fire himself. So, you know, Lucky got to go, unfortunately. Most people blame the animal and only the animal. They don't take responsibility for what led up to an animal acting like an animal. It's just like all the times you see someone at a zoo and they're like, oh, I'm going to hop the fence. To a wild animal that, yes, is in a zoo, but there are people that are professionals that handle these animals that wouldn't do that. And then the animal is, you know, punished because that person is a dummy. And they're like, oh, I'm going to jump in a den with lions and think that the lion ain't going to try to eat them. But then the lion gonna get shot because the lion attacked the person when the person shouldn't have jumped over the fence. That doesn't make any sense. But anyway, um, so MC's posters, one of them about an old show, a Western. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, the Asian kid, the black kid. Treated as like the animals. I know some people's not going to like that comment. But it's a theme because she was like, she didn't even know the characters' names that she was talking about. She was like, oh, yeah, I know you from that. You were that, the whatever race you are, and didn't even know the name because it's just like you're just a, you're just a prop. At least, you know, in, in this context, that's what it was, just like the animal. uh, animals are. They, they cycle through animals. They use different – they use – multiple different animals for the same uh character just so they can it, they're just props they're not like they don't treat them like they should be treated um uh, but anyway uh she, she, Jupiter shows them a secret move, uh room which he says you know he charges people somebody paid him like a ridiculous amount of money just to sleep in there exploiting you know making money off of what you used to do, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then there's a post, a poster of Gordy's home. Call back to the beginning. If you did not realize that's what ties the beginning to what's happening right now. Jupiter is, we were looking through the eyes of Jupiter during the scene with the shoe and the monkey that looked like it was looking to the camera. We were at that time, Jupiter in his POV. Um, M recognizes it because her dad told the story about the monkey going crazy. Um, and she's like, what happened? Jupiter reveals that, you know, he was on the show. And while when, when she asked what happened, he talks about the SNL skit with Chris Kattan. 
and you know it's very vague and he's just like Chris Kattan is killing it he's killing it and then there's also like a little flashback of of him with, uh, as a young boy under the table like with blood on his face um, but he never answers the questions that's why Emma's just like yeah I have to check that out on YouTube you know details because he didn't answer the question um like I said they do a little bit of a flashback the monkey's hitting the foot of a girl laying on the floor the shoe young Jupiter under the table um and OJ does say because of what happened on that episode of Gordy's Home they don't use chimps anymore at least that's what he says so and uh, Jupiter does mention it was six minutes and 13 seconds. That whole, like, episode of Gordy snapping was six minutes and 13 seconds long. Now, how would he know that? I don't know. Was that actually true? I don't know. Um, later on, Ghost shows up at the arena. OJ goes to get him. M is drinking and dancing. Ghost takes off running. OJ sees the lights go out um, at Jupiter's claim as well as at the ranch. OJ noticed something in the clouds. Um, it moved fast, quiet. And then you also hear like faint screaming, which actually, again, was not screaming. It was the sound of a horse. Oh my God. The sound of the horse was in, like, I always thought it was screaming, but it was a horse. Oh, my goodness. This is where they talk about a bad miracle. Um, so, basically, a bad miracle is something that's, like, impossible that you would never think would happen, and then it does. Like the shoe. It would, like, a shoe doesn't do that. Since... When, how did that even happen? And the fact that it did is a miracle, but it's a bad miracle. It's like, oh, th this happened during a tragedy. But that's crazy how that shoe ended up standing upright like that. That's weird. And also, uh, when they're in Jupiter's secret room, he has that shoe standing in a case exactly the way he saw it. Uh, when that happened um, with Gordy. Um, so basically, OJ and M talk. She, he's like, I don't think it was a plane. And she's like, are you saying what I think you're saying? He's like, mm-hmm. So they're, they go to Fry's, and they're like, we going to capture this. And, you know, she's like, oh, we're going to get the shot, the money shot, the Oprah shot. So they can get money. Um, M wants to be famous. Again, exploiting something to get riches. A spectacle. I don't know how much more Jordan Pill has to spell it out for you. But anyway, they go to Fry's. They meet Angel where he works at Fry's. He's checking them out. He's kind of a dick. Um... And they're like, no, we don't need your help. We can set it up. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. They're like, okay, what's your problem? How is it hard to set up? He was like, 
not for me, but, you know, for you. And, you know, he's talking about, oh, you need something that's not going to cut out. He was like, you know, something like that would cut out a cell phone. And Angel's just like, that's not at work, Sky. Like, you're dumb. Um, Angel's setting up the equi equipment. Oh, there is a part. There's a part where he gets there. It's a long drive. And he's like, ooh, this is a long drive. It's a lot of dirt. And then he just screams out of nowhere. And I was like, what the heck is wrong with you? And OJ is like, whoa. Uh-uh. Don't do that. You know, we got horses. They don't like that. Chill. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. He's talking about his girlfriend. It was on the CW and broke up with him. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so Em leaves. He's like, how long is this going to take? He's like, oh, yeah, a long time. She's like, okay, I got to go um, pick something up. Oh, just something I... I ordered I gotta pick up. <laughs> Turns out when she comes back, she's yelling. I'm like, why are they all, how can they hear? Maybe the acoustics I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know how they could hear from that far. But she's like, hey, come come help me. She stole one of Jupiter's decoys for horse training. Like an idiot. Why did you think that you could do that and get away with it? And then what happened? Jupiter comes by and sees it. Of course he sees it. And I'm pretty sure he knew you stole it. That's why he came. And so when he pulls up, she's just like, you can stay right there, though. She's like, oh, that scene was funny. Um, but it does like make you think what what were you thinking why would you do that and even OJ is like are you see I knew I knew he would know like why would you do something like that that's crazy um so then later on one of the horses get out uh OJ goes to check close the doors turn the lights out and then he sees like this figure it stands up the scene was very creepy, and I thought it was definitely well shot. Um, there's two of them. One stands up, one comes out of the doorway and is hanging, and I thought it was really interesting because the way they were, like, the mannerisms were of a chimp, and it's going to make sense later why. Um, but then he's trying to, he's like, nope, and <laughs> he, um, as he's trying to get a, a, a video, one just like the head just slowly, and I mean slowly, comes around the corner. And it is so creepy and so good that when it comes back to OJ at a side angle, there's one right next to his face upside down. And he just punches it. And then the mask comes off. It's, it's Jupiter's kid. And they run off. They're like, don't mess with Jupiter's claim. And M comes running in. He's, she's like, what happened? He's like, Jupiter's kid. She was like, oh, no. Nah. Uh, <laughs> you trying to prank Haywood? It's on. And <laughs> OJ's like, you stole a horse. And then she's just like, oh, yeah. My goodness, girl. What did you think? Um, 
like I said, they let one of the horses out. It was Clover. Power goes out. Bug is on one of the cameras. Angel is watching remotely. After they told her, after they told him, do not watch it, but he watches it anyway. Calls him Emerald and is like, hey, there's a bug on the camera. She's like, how did I not tell you not to watch it? And he's like, hey, this, uh, one of the cameras is out. And she's like, oh no. So, blah, 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 blah. OJ sees it. He looks up. See, well, he sees like a tornado, quote unquote, of dust. And I'm pretty sure they picked up picked up the um the horse, but M like yells at OJ and it's like it's in the cloud, run. And it's it's weird because the cloud like goes with it. I don't know how that like really works, but that was pretty cool. Um so OJ ride uh runs, gets in a building, and then it sucks up the the horse clover. Um, Angel comes the next day, looking at the sky, and they're like, what are you doing here? He was like, y'all didn't notice it. So they look at the footage, and one of the clouds isn't moving. And then they go look, they're like, wow. And OJ's like, that cloud has been there for some months. <laughs> so they realize. So um, then OJ is talking to Angel and M and saying, you know, I mm, I don't think it's a ship. Just based off of the way it moves and how fast it is and how quiet. He ain't never seen a ship that quiet or any flying object that is that quiet and moves the way that it does. So um, M is like, Beth, you know what? We clearly can't do this ourselves. So she calls the antler, uh, she calls the director of the project that they were involved in earlier before they got fired. His name is Antler's host to capture it on camera. Um, he refuses at first. Um, later on, they're talking, they're trying to come up with ideas of how they can, you know, capture this on film themselves. And then OJ like pretty much figures out that Jupiter has been feeding it horses. Well, one, he figures out that it's not um, a ship. It's not any type of flying saucer. He's like, it's acting the way that it's acting, because we, we know that OJ is more of an observationist. He isn't really, he doesn't want to be in the spotlight. He doesn't want to give safety meeting speeches. He just wants to be with the animals. He wants to be with the horses. He doesn't care about any of that other stuff. So he, like I said, he's an observationist and he notices how it's been acting and how, and the behavior of this unidentified thing. Um, and he's like, you know, I think it's an animal. It's a predator because it's acting territorial. It's acting as though this is its home. And I think it's because Jupiter is feeding it horses. Um, because, you know, he saw it leaving Jupiter's claim when he heard Jupiter talking and he already knew that Jupiter was working on a new show. Um, and Jupiter discovered it and has been feeding it, thinking that he can tame it. Um, 
after. So basically, once OJ figures that out, he's just like, oh, heck no. And then he sees the flyer that Jupiter had brought over when, you know, M stole that uh, horse, that horse decoy. And he's like, I'm going to get lucky. Because he was leaving. They're like, where are you going? I'm going to get lucky. So then now it's cutting back to Jupiter and the and Gordy. Now you finally get to see everything that happened that led up to the attack that Gordy did. So during the episode, balloons come out of a box and once it hits the ceiling or maybe there's a fan, I don't know, but it pops and that's what set the one of the chimps that plays Gordy off. He mauls like a good amount of people, um, like some of the actors and people that were like producing. Um, and like there's a nice shot of where you can see like the audience um, and you can see that there's still people in the audience. I don't know why they're still there. Maybe they got scared. So they're just hiding. Um, but the girl, she's the one that brings the box. It's like, happy birthday, Gordy. She gets the worst of it. Um, like he mauls her. Thank God they don't show it um, like a board of Gordy biting her. But you can hear like the, the sounds and it's awful. It is so gross. And it's just like, ugh. Like even though you can't see it, just hearing it, you know like you 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 can imagine and you know it, it, it doesn't sound pleasant. Um and then like the man that plays the father just comes out of nowhere and is like trying to get away and then Gordy looks at him and stands up. He's like, no, 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 Gordy. Why didn't you just stay where you were? Why did you leave? So from what it seems like, Gordy kills the the dad as well. Um, Jupiter's under the table the entire time, and he's just staring at the shoe. That, That bad miracle, man. That shoe that's just standing upright somehow, which was the, the girl's shoe. Um, Gordy, once he calmed down, um, Gordy sees him through the tablecloth and, you know, it could be that Gordy just calmed down, but, um, Jupiter wasn't looking Gordy in the eye. One, because there's that tablecloth. So, you know, it's not a clear, direct eyesight, but we know for a fact that uh, Jupe was staring at that shoe because we got his POV at the beginning of the movie. Um, and then they uh, Gordy comes over, he goes for a fist bump right before they, you know, do that fist bump, Gordy gets shot in the head. Cuts back to Jupiter, staring in his face. And then, you know, it's just like, well, what are you thinking about? Um, makes me wonder if that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, it, it's interesting. And because I, I remember at first I was like, what is going on? Like when I first saw the, 
the whole scene with the monkey. I thought that was like uh, like a little thing for monkey paw. I thought that's what that was. I was like, whoa, that's a little dark. But um, he's getting ready for his show. Uh, they have an audience, families there. Um, and then the, the girl from Gordy's home is there as well. Um, and you can see that she's wearing a veil and she's in a scooter. And she's wearing a shirt with her old face, her teenage face, because like her, her face now, she's had to undergo so many surgeries that, you know, it doesn't look the same, obviously. Now, while Jupiter's talking, you see the suit he's wearing. Interesting. I can't say that I actually like it, but it is pretty cool. Um, if you look on the back of his suit, there's a UFO on the back of it. Here we go again. A spectacle. And he tells the audience about um, a what he thinks is a UFO that he discovered a few months back. And it was at exactly 613, which we don't know if that's actually true. But because he said that that whole traumatic experience that he went through took place for six minutes and 13 seconds. And then when he says he discovered this UFO at 613, in his head, he thinks he is special. Like it made him think about what happened with Gordy and everything, the traumatic experience he had. So now he's thinking, oh, wow. This is for me, this me and this UFO. We have a bond. He calls in the viewers. And then you see like why his children were wearing that costume of an alien. It had the body of a monkey with the face of an alien because in his head, that's what the viewers, as he calls them, look like. He's connecting two traumatic, two, one traumatic experience with this new experience that he thinks he has control over. And he's been feeding it horses. So, mind you, never told you about this, but that horse decoy was for the UFO that they, uh, that um, Angel and OJ and M set up. And the UFO sucked that thing up. So the UFO comes early earlier than expected to come get that horse. And mind you, that thing been messed up ever since it sucked up that, that horse decoy. It's been messing up the insides. So it's probably acting a little bit more unpredictable than Jupiter um, was expecting. Again, you cannot tame a predator. You cannot, you know, control what an animal does, especially when it's agitated. Um, Lucky doesn't leave the box. Like you said, I'm not stupid. Because of that, the creature um, is very hungry. So it sucks everybody up. And mind you, everybody is looking at it as well. Um, everybody. And then there's a cool shot of them like just going up. And they're screaming. Um, apparently, you can see the horse decoy in there. I'm going to have to watch it again because I, I didn't see that. But... Um, 
yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it again. Um, but yeah, kills everybody very slowly. Cause it doesn't, it, it takes a while to like crush everything. And then like, it gets rid of like all the metal and non the things that it doesn't need. Um, so when OJ finally arrives, it's dark. No one's there. Lucky is still in that box. So he tries to get lucky, but notices the creature is still in the sky. Um, lucky like I ain't getting out this box player. Um, but because he's under the stadium. So, oh, the UFO this is a pretty cool scene where it keeps coming around. It keeps zipping. And then it finally comes and you can really see what it looks like. And it just um, swoops really low to where OJ is. And the circular part of the bottom like just lifts up and tries to take OJ. But because he's under the shelter, it couldn't get him. And then it like lifts him off the ground, hits the ceiling, and then he's knocked out for a while. Um, he wakes up. Lucky's out of the box. Loads Lucky into the truck. He going home. But while he was unconscious, he sees his dad and how's it, and pretty much is listening to his dad um, talk about how territorial this um, creature is acting, which pretty much gives him, oh, oh, this is where it get he gets the epiphany that it's an animal, because um, he wasn't sure before. That's right. I'm sorry. Um, it wasn't until now that when he was unconscious and you know, he remembered his dad talking about animals being territorial or predators being territorial. This is where he has that epiphany and he tries to call Emerald to let her know it's not a ship. It's an animal. And but then the power goes out. And it was pretty cool how that effect where it goes out and then you could just slowly hear him go out and it's pretty distorted. I liked it. Um, Angel is about to leave, but then like the car goes out because the power is out. So he runs back in the house, grabs a knife and gets under the table. So what exactly were you about to do? I don't understand. You armed yourself, but was under a table. Um, all right. So Emerald notices, and it's a really cool shot of, you just see the rain because it's raining and you just see as the animal is over the house, the rain gets pushed back from the house. So, and it's massive. Like, the rain is on the side because the animal is covering the house. And then it just, because the decoy, the horse decoy is still in its stomach, it just pours out all the blood and everything that it sucked up from the people that it was eating. And it was a really, really good shot of just blood coming over the house and the windows, and it was cool. Um, OJ gets there, and he opens the door. Or no, he doesn't open the door yet, but he sees it over the house. It's pretty haunting, pretty cool shot. And um, then it moves over his truck, because he can't, he can't move, the power's out, he can't, nothing electrical works around that uh, ET. So, he opens the door, sees it over the truck. He shuts the door, he locks it. He's like, nope. And then the alien spits out the, uh, the, um, the, the uh, decoy, which 
scares OJ because it hits the comes into the window of the truck, but he sleeps there. Um, then it's morning. The creature is gone. Gets out of the truck. Goes to get um, Angel's car. Lucky is still in the in the truck where he left him, but he goes to get Angel's car. He sees the creature again. Um, but he cranks it up and he's like, man, if y'all don't come on, um, the creature comes and then it clicks in OJ's head, stop looking at it in the eye and it just keeps going. So once OJ stops, well, obviously Angel and M ain't looking because they're running to the car. Whereas OJ, he's looking at it, boom, stop looking at it. So he stops looking at it and it leaves him alone. So with that, they leave Lucky, and they leave their ranch and stay at um, Angel's apartment for um, a couple days, I guess. They, they don't actually stay, but they're playing like a VR game. It looks like an Oculus, but I don't know if that's what that is. Um, they're talking about it, and they're in a diner, and you see like two, like I guess it's soccer teams. They're like fighting. Again, territorial thing. One's a home team, one's a one's a visitor, and it, it's just a territorial thing. So they're like, "I'm not going back. You crazy?" And OJ's like, "I got mouse feed. I got work to do. I gotta go back." And it's always what that's been about. He has work to do. Um, Antler's host calls him. They all go back to the ranch. Cole sees the cloud. They come up with a plan to catch it on camera. Cole sprays a non-electrical camera, and OJ and M get so freaking hyped. <laughs> She's just like, didn't I tell you he was going to bring a non-electrical camera? Oh! It was like, Jesus Christ, calm down. Um, but OJ tells everyone about Jupiter discovering it and was feeding it, thinking he could control it. And he says you can't make a deal with the predator. With a predator. So true. You can't. You can't. Because then, you know, he thinks this is home. This is where he keeps getting fed. That's all he knows. Now he's going to stick around. Keep getting fed. Or just take whatever's around. Um, so like I said, <coughs> excuse me, they make a plan. Angel and Antlers posted on the ridge. Em is watching the cameras and OJ is on Lucky as bait. Um, all of a sudden, uh, an electric motorcycle comes to the ranch and they're like, oh no. So M tries to talk to him, get away. Motorcyclist pulls out a camera and M's like, it's TMZ. Now, is it actually TMZ? I have no idea. That's so why I'm like, what? what? What year is this? But, um, but he also has an electrical bike, so I don't know. Um, it's like, fine, nobody. Don't get famous then. TMZ drives off. And Angel's like, hmm, I have a question. Trivia. We can get it right. What happens when an electrical bike hit a, <laughs> a field, a non-electrical field, going in the opposite direction? So pretty much... The electrical bike is going one way. The uh, 
preacher is coming towards the bicyclist. So, that bike just immediately shut off, going at like 60 miles an hour. I don't know how fast, I just guess, and I think that's what Angel says, I don't know, but it hard stops, and he flies off the bike, and you uh, can hear him in the disc, because right now we're with Angel and Antlers, and you just hear him scream from far away, and I'm not going to lie, that mess was so freaking funny. Um, I don't know if you think that's a little crazy of me, that's fine, but it's a movie, and it was hilarious. Um, yeah, shuts off at 60 miles an hour. I wrote it down. Huh. Um, he's still alive, though. He's all messed up. He really needs a hospital, but he's still alive. Um, OJ tries to help him. All the TMZ guy wants is his camera. Again, a spectacle. A spectacle. All he wants to do is find a shot and make money. That's it. Again, spectacle. Spelling it out for you. OJ can't help him. He's like, sorry, gotta go. He gets eaten. TMZ guy. He gone. Um, OJ puts the plan in motion. And it's pretty, it's pretty sick. It, he is pretty much being that black jockey that we see at the beginning of the movie. And that is their ancestor. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, they're able to get the shot, which is a really cool shot. There's a, uh, a scene where the creature is like on its side and you just see the, um, the hole in the middle and then he like gets off and sucks up the parachute or whatever. The horse is fine, by the way. Um, then Antler starts acting a little weird and cryptic and then he's just like, we don't you don't deserve the impossible. So he takes <coughs> he takes his smaller camera, goes at the top of the ridge in plain sight, looks up, and just films himself uh, getting sucked, sucked up, and he dies. And then Angel almost gets sucked up, but barbed wire was sucked up as well, which hurt the creature. So Angel comes down. And then realizes, uh-oh, he ain't leaving. So he wraps himself up. So not only is he getting spat out, there's like the tarp that was covering them. And he like is wrapped up in that. Wrapped up in that. He takes the barbed wire, wraps himself with the barbed wire uh, with the tarp. And he gets sucked up again. The creature gets all cut up on the inside and spits him back out. And then Emerald is like looking at it. And then it comes after her. And she goes under the shed. It sucks her up. And then she comes right back down and it's knocked out. Almost gets Emerald. But, you know, it that, that barbed wire messed it up pretty good on the inside. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, you see like the creature like unfolding. Um, and kind of looks like, and take like a new shape. Again, a spectacle. Um, and then once it's complete, like, so pretty much in the ship form, it's, it's folded in. 
and then it comes inside out. And then it kind of looks like a jellyfish. Yeah, it's kind of angelic as well. It's kind of weird. Um, fun fact, the eye of the alien is a square um, that was inspired by the octopus. And by the way, that is the eye in the beginning when I said it looks like one of those old school cameras. Um, that is the eye of the alien. Um, but the design was also inspired by a cuttlefish. The, cuttlef the cuttlefish attracts its prey through a form of hypnosis, which is why when the alien showed its true form and the eye kept folding and unfolding, and it, it was like, and it was like these little things. So it was pretty much like to engage you, to keep you looking at it and whatnot. But it was trying to hypnotize its prey, pretty much. Um, these animals and other ooh, cephalopods, this is what I wrote down when I was looking up, have the ability to camouflage, which parallels with notes creature to camouflage into the clouds. So that's why it's white. That's why I was able to get into the clouds. You couldn't really see it. Camouflage. Fun fact. You're welcome. Um, M tries. Emerald tries to get away. Get away. Creature is too close. The electrical bike won't start. So OJ's like, I'm going to look at it. I got you. So he distracts it long enough to get it further away from M. M takes off and is like, just forget it. I want it to come after me. So Last, you, you don't really, you don't see OJ get eaten. You don't see it take OJ. You just see OJ looking at it back and backing up with the horse and it like doing the little eye thing to try to mesmerize him or whatever. Um, she heads to Jupiter's claim. She does like a little motorcycle stunt, which was cool. She said she does motorcycles. Creature follows and releases the balloon that is Jupiter. He has this like huge cartoonish balloon of him that's like winking and pointing like its finger like a gun. Um, which is great. Hey, it's filled with hot air. And so it's Jupiter. Um, and then she gets the idea. There's that which we saw earlier in the film that she photobombed uh, people where there's a well and you can take like a selfie but you have to like crank it so she gets coins to take pictures and try to get that that Oprah shot on M's last coin even though there was still more coins on the ground so technically it wasn't her last but I guess she was like I'm tired um she gets the picture the creature eats the balloon once the balloon pops the creature blows up um picture comes out uh, she gets the picture, but after that, she's just, it, it doesn't really matter to her anymore because um, of everything that happened, people that died. Um, it just was a lot, and she finally realized like it was not worth it. Um, right after that, all the media comes, and she just rolls her eyes, and she gets up. Um, she realized that it wasn't important. The picture and she just leaves it there and then she sees OJ in the fog and like you just see this relief come on her face now there has been talk 
about whether OJ is alive or dead because it's like all this fog um, in front of him. And then overhead of him, there's a banner that says uh, over yonder. So I don't know. It's left up um, to interpretation to whether you think he's dead or that was just her. Like he appeared to her to show her, you know, I'm good. I'm with dad. I don't know. It's like I said, it's left up to ter- interpretation. My interpretation is he alive and once and he probably once, you know, he saw the electrical bike start up, he stopped looking at it. So then it turned its attention to Emerald. And I also think it was getting confused between the two. I don't know, but I'm going to say he's alive. So that's the that's how it ends. Um, the theme of this movie that I think Pill did a good job of was cre- was about creating a spectacle, a spectacle, anything that deeply captures the attention of us humans. And in most ways, humans, wait, and in most ways, no, I'm sorry. And in most cases makes us behave in toxic ways. So I think. And I mean, they said the word spectacle multiple times in the film. It was showed in how they treated animals and how they treated like certain minorities in films and how they talked about it in the film. I think it was very, very simple to the point that it was so simple it confused people, I guess. I don't know. Like I told you earlier, I've seen this movie probably like six times. I've watched commentaries, watched reviews um, on YouTube. I'm not going to lie. Some of it still confuses me. Not even going to hold you. Still confuses me to this day a little bit. Some of the things. But then, you know, like watching commentaries, listening to people's analysis, and then watching it again and seeing things from a different perspective. Like you get to see other um, bits where it's like, oh, wow, that was, that was clever. I don't know how I didn't catch that the first time. Um, but basically, yeah, um, the, it just begs the question, like, is achieving what has never been achieved before worth sacrificing everything, even yourself? That's what it left me with, with what this movie was about. Um, So let's talk about some of the characters. This this is a pretty long episode. I'm sorry, y'all, but this is a good movie uh, to me. And it just, it's a lot to talk about and have a conversation about. Um, So let's talk about Jupiter. So once he survived that chimp attack, chimp attack, that pretty much stayed with him throughout his life. He probably never got up. Obviously, he never got over it because you see it in flashbacks. He's thinking about it. He's making money off of that tragedy. Um, he even invites the the girl that got attacked by by the chimp to that show and pretty much gets her killed. But it also made him feel special in that moment. He believed that, you know, the chimp trusted him and they were like the same, which was not the case at all. He He didn't learn his lesson about pushing the boundaries of spectacle and instead profited and obsessed over his trauma when he discovered the creature. He didn't know it was a creature. He felt like it trusted him, just like the monkey. He thought he could tame it, 
as OJ says, you can't make um, a deal with a predator. You can't. And you see the same thing with antlers. When Emmett OJ first contacted him, he rejected them. And, you know, he said it's impossible to get the impossible shot, which don't make no sense. Um, but he also said the dream she was chasing wasn't worth it, which to me just says, you know, he's achieved it. He's famous. He don't like it, really. It's it's not all what it cracked up to be. It's not greener on the other side. But once he saw the news, he saw what happened at Jupiter's plane, he changed his mind. He wanted to get that impossible shot, even if that meant sacrificing his life. But I also think he really wasn't that happy. Um, again, is achieving what has never been achieved before worth sacrificing everything, even yourself? Again, a spectacle. And what is a spectacle? Let's see. A spectacle is anything that deeply captures the attention of us humans, in most cases, makes us behave in toxic ways. And that happens a lot in this movie. Um, Angel also chasing the spe spectacle, but instead of doing for the impossible shot, he wanted fame. And as the kids say, clout, he wants validation. You see it when he starts talking to OJ about his ex-girlfriend, showing him pictures he wanted to fit in, um, even though at first he was rude and standoffish. Um, he finds out about M and OJ are attempting to get footage, um, and he includes himself in the plan. Um, once he has that near-death experience when the creature was above the house, he's, you see his demeanor and attitude change a little bit when he decides to go back. Um, his motivations for capturing the footage is help others uh, shed light on what's going on in the world, even though it's still pretty selfish. And, like, nobody answered. He's like, what we're doing is good, right? Like, it'll change lives, even though it's really just the lives that's sitting at that table and nobody says anything. Um, when he sees Ant get eaten, instead of trying to get the footage, he saves himself. I mean, because the footage was right there. He could have gotten it. But I think once that happened, he was like, oh, heck no, because I could be next. Mm -mm. not doing it um emerald she chases the spectacle for money um you know that we know this because you know she talks about it all throughout the movie um or it might even help her achieve the fame she's been chasing we saw in the beginning of the film when she was reciting her resume during the safety meeting you know she was never into the ranch business or the you know their business on the ranch with the horses and everything like that. And that could be due to their dad not giving her the validation she needed, which she does talk about in the beginning. Talks about her horse jean jacket, which they do later name the creature jean jacket um, because she was supposed to train him. But Otis Sr. had OJ train him and she watched from in the house for a Western. And OJ reminds her, you know, it wasn't a Western. It was for Scorpion King. Um... Once they get killed, what? No, I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out what I done wrote here. Um, but once they almost get killed, that's what it was. <laughs> I can't read. Um, I can, but in that moment, I could not read. Um, once they almost get killed, M's like, mm, is this spectacle I'm chasing actually worth my life and my brothers or even angels? 
Um, she does go back to catch it on film because her brother and aunt called, or because aunt called her and her brother wanted to go back because he got mouth feed. Her it continuously shifts on wanting the shot for money and wanting to save herself and OJ. Once OJ chooses to distract the creature, she got the validation she needed from her brother. Um, just by him saying, you know, well, he really didn't say anything. He just did the whole where you do the two fingers, your eyes to that, to them, let you know, like, I got you. I'm looking after you. Um, and instead of choosing to run, she could come up with a plan to not only kill it, but also get the picture. I feel as though, um, she had the most growth throughout the movie, even though it was back and forth, but I think, which is normal because as people, we're not. It, it takes time to change. We're not all going to change like that, you know? Um, but she's definitely one of my favorite characters. I think Kiki Palmer did a great job with her character and her performance. When it comes to OJ, it was never about, like, the spectacle. It was never about, like, just wanting to be famous. He cared about his family legacy. He cared about saving the ranch and keeping the Haywood name alive. He cared about the animals. OJ is about working while his sister is about putting on a show. And that dynamic is great. I thought it was a perfect, you know, balance where you have one that's super hard working and then the other is just like, I just want to be famous. I really don't want to do any hard work. Um, so I think they balance each other out pretty good because one is a little uptight and the other one kind of like is more um, spontaneous and does things and they kind of keep each other um, balanced. Um, but because he doesn't chase the spectacle, that also what causes the downfall of the ranch. Um, but it's also what saves them because he can detach. It gives him the confidence needed to look that creature in the eye to allow him to escape. Um, and when M defeats the creature, all the media outlets come and the picture comes into focus. You see M roll her eyes, doesn't really care about the picture anymore. All she cares about is OJ. And they, I just think their brother and sister dynamic is really great. And like I said, with him, it was never really about being famous. He wanted his horses back. He wanted to keep the ranch. He wanted to keep his family legacy alive. You know, and that's really all that's what it was about for him. <clears throat> but um, reading and like watching other people's viewpoints. Um, like I said earlier, I'm not sure if OJ is alive or dead. I'm going to take it that he's alive. Um, but... Um, I thought, like I said earlier, I thought the movie was great. I love Jordan Peele. I love how he can make a simple, take a simple idea, make it complex, and then you have to watch it a couple times in order to understand why he made the choices he did, why he had them say this, why did they do that when they could have just done this, what are the underlying reasons for this scene and this word and these words. But, you know, I know a lot of people didn't like this movie. 
And when I, whenever I asked them, it's simply because they didn't understand what was going on. They didn't understand it. And I did talk to one person about it. I was like, well, you know, well, this, this, and this, and this, and this is how this connects here. And they were like, oh, dang. I think I might have to watch it again. Yeah, please watch it again. And it's actually not that com complex. It's pretty simple um, to understand. So, you know, just go into movies with an open mind. Try to it, it, don't like think too hard. You know, some movies you can just shut your brain off and some movies you do have to like think a little bit. But this movie, you really didn't have to think that much um, because it was all like the the movie, what the movie about was said throughout the movie. So, you know, watch it, watch it, see some of those things that is pointed out um, and just try to keep an open mind, uh, see those clues and listen to what the characters are saying, see the decisions that they've made and why they've made those decisions. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Uh, I've seen it multiple times, like I've said, and I'm probably going to see it even uh, more uh, because I enjoyed it so much. So like I said, please see the movie. It's it's a really good film. Um, but yeah, that's it for Nope. Um, I'm hoping I can get um, an episode about The Invisible Man. I'm still working on that one. Um, and I really want to do The Menu, which I just recently seen. I hope to do X as well which is a really good film, but I don't know if I should because of the content and what the movie is about. So I got to figure out a way to not get um, age restricted when it comes to that film. So, because <clears throat> I also put my content on YouTube, but wow, this is a very long episode. I'm sorry, and I'm going to have to edit this and that's I'm still learning uh, a lot about that. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so like I said, hopefully I can get these episodes rolling again. It's just been so busy. Um, thank y'all so much. Um, and keep listening, please. Let me know the feedback. Um, but yeah. Like I said, I'm Ronika Jade, and this is Queen of the Movies, Queen of the Movies podcast. Thanks for listening.